So Paul now brings in a statement that can be seen as a blessing or a threat, depending on what your mindset is at the time. We'll we'll explore that then, Colin Cook here and how it happens. Thanks so much for joining me today. You're listening to the good news of the gospel as described in the book of Romans. And uh, in this book, we uh, go through the gospel about uh, every year or so, and you will find that your faith, as we do so, Your faith is being trained. By the way, we're also working with SoundCloud to get the broadcasts uploaded there. There's been a problem and a glitch in the uh, uh, in the website, so I'm in negotiation with them to get it fixed. So I'll let you know when the update on that uh, comes. You are hearing this broadcast right now on KLTT AM 670 in the Denver and surrounding states areas. Uh, at 10 o'clock in the evening, or maybe you're one of those brave people who hear it at four in the morning. Well, here's the statement that is seen, that can be seen as either a threat or a blessing. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things uh, of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now, you see, how is it that certain people see this as a threat? Well, it depends on whether you've discovered the grace of God through faith alone in Jesus Christ, or whether you are still under the law and the burden of having to present yourself to God with a righteousness that you have succeeded in creating by his help. If you think of yourself as someone who has uh, is required to create this righteousness in order to please God, then this verse becomes very threatening. Listen to it again from the threat point of view. For those who live according to the flesh, now can you hear the tone of voice? For those who live according to the flesh, watch out now, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, for to be carnally minded is death, to watch out, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Is that the way we read it? Look, let me remind you that this chapter is one of four chapters describing life in the kingdom of grace. We are freed from the wrath of God and the judgment of God, chapter 5. We are freed from the uh, condemnation and the impossible requirements of the law, chapter 6. We are freed from the condemnation and judgment of God's Ten Commandments, chapter 7. We are freed from the power of death, chapter 8. So this is the context, the larger context in which this verse exists. You don't therefore suddenly yank this verse out and apply it to those uh, and, and sort of give it an application that belongs to the law, which is threat and death. Rather, we look at this and we see what it's really trying to say. And it is this. Don't live according to the law. Uh, uh, don't live according to the flesh. Because if you do, it only results in death. 
Live according to the Spirit. That's what we have now. We are freed to live according to the Spirit because that is life. But then, of course, you have to ask yourself, yes, but what does it mean to live according to the flesh? Some people who don't have a clear understanding of how these words are used think that the flesh is referring to anything physical. So if you're a food addict, well, don't live according to the flesh and endlessly feed your face. Or if you're an alcoholic, well, don't live according to the flesh and continually drink. Or if you're a sex addict, don't live according to the flesh and, uh, and use pornography. Of course, there's reality and truth in all that I have just said. Let's not go there. But that is not what the flesh is talking about. When Paul uses the word flesh in Scripture, he's talking about all of life, body, soul, and spirit, outside of fellowship with God. And spirit is all of life, body, soul, and spirit in fellowship with God. So the flesh is not what your body is wrapped in, your skin. Flesh is human nature outside of fellowship with God. Human nature, irregardless of, regardless of God, that does not take God into account, that says, I can live this life on my own, thank you very much, and I am going to indulge in everything that I want to, whether it's good or bad or right or wrong, because I'm not answerable to anyone. But spirit is the liberty, the liberty to live by faith in the body, in the spirit, and in the, in, uh, the mind. You can see, by the way, how Paul uses, uses the word flesh uh, in uh, the book of Ephesians. I'm sorry, the book of Galatians, chapter 5 and verse 17. There it says, For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Listen to this then which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelry, and the like. Now, if you carefully look at that passage, you will see that there are many, many expressions of the flesh there that have nothing to do with the physical, like hatred and contentions, and jealousy, and outbursts of wrath, and ambitions. So do you see what Paul, how Paul is using the word flesh? He's using it in regard to the body and the soul and the spirit outside of fellowship with him. But the spirit is the body, soul, and spirit in fellowship with him. Now, why is it important for me to say this to you? Because... If you're a food addict, or an alcoholic, or a sex addict, or a drug addict, you will become nervous about anything that appeals to you physically. If it gives you a desire, if you desire a nice meal, but you're a food addict, 
And you say, I can't have a nice meal. I've got to have plain stuff and boring stuff and stuff that doesn't appeal to my appetite. No, that's nonsense, you see. God gave us our appetites, and we either express those appetites in fellowship with God, or we express them with the denial of God. And when we express those appetites in denial of God, what happens? They become addictive. They become gods themselves. And we turn natural, beautiful desires into something uh, that we expect to get divine sensations from. We elevate the sensations to the level of divinity. And so what happens in addiction is that people actually are entering into a state of idolatry. That's not to condemn anyone. It's simply to give you the reality of what's going on. Think of it. When you drink in a state of alcoholism or sex addiction or food addiction, what are you trying to get from what is going on? You're trying to get the fulfillment of your spirit through the flesh, and it's impossible. So we go back to this verse then, and we recognize that faith is the way. And faith doesn't say, oh, wait a minute, I'm setting my mind on the flesh. I'm setting my mind on what's physical, so I'd better try harder, and I'd better get out of this attitude of mind, and I'd better start thinking spiritual things and reading my Bible. That's not how you get out of it. The way you get out of the flesh is to immediately enter into faith in fellowship with God. Perhaps you're doing your daily thing, you're at work, there's lots of secular stuff going on and everybody's stressed out and people are rushing around trying to fulfill their day's uh, uh, activity and responsibilities and you realize you've completely forgotten God. Now, what's the answer to that? Well, you don't leave work and go to a monastery for a day. You don't leave work and, and sit in a church in silence. What you do is pause for a second. Maybe you go to the bathroom just to have a break away from your office. And you say, Father, I lift up my heart to you. I thank you that this day in the secular round that I am engaged in, I am living in the Spirit by you, dear Father. Everything I do is from you and through you and for you. And I thank you, dear God, that you have reminded me that I live in the Spirit. Do you get the idea? Now, there's another thing to be said about in the flesh and the Spirit. How shall we exactly define living in the Spirit? Well, Paul has described, as I mentioned earlier, four states of life in the kingdom of grace. We are freed from wrath, sin, law, and death, chapters 5, 6, 7, and 8 of Romans. Look at that in the positive now. To be freed from wrath is to be reconciled to the heart of the Father. To be freed from sin is to be identified in Christ's righteousness, not mine. To be freed from the condemnation of the law is to recognize that I am treated as innocent and justified by God. To be freed from the power of death 
is to recognize that I live in the resurrected life of Jesus Christ and that all the circumstances that go on in my life on a daily basis are now being lived in the kingdom of grace, which is reconciliation to the heart of the Father and life in Christ. So, again, don't try to become a saint by withdrawing from your daily activity, but rather by faith in Jesus, lift up your heart as you're driving to work, say, as you're at work, as you're in the most frustrating circumstance in life, and lift up your heart quietly and say, Father, I thank you that you are here. Father, I thank you that I am living in the spirit of the kingdom of Christ. I thank you that all these negatives that are going on around me are positives in your kingdom. They draw me to you, and therefore I am not under the power of death. Do you see how it works? So let's read that verse one more time. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. The things that you do at work don't have to be from the flesh. Those same things that you do at work can be through the Spirit. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Thanks for joining me today. I do appreciate your listening in because it's my uh, privilege to be able to share the gospel with you. Now, if you would like to help to keep this broadcast going, thank you so very much. It costs $39 per radio broadcast, which is about $850 to $900 per month. If you would like to make a donation to support the program, please do so in one of two ways. You can send a check to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. That's FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. Or you can make your donation online at faithquestradio.com. That is faithquestradio.com. Thanks so much then for all your support, and I'll see you next time. Cheerio and God bless.